Welcome to the Truth Must Be Told podcast. Thank you for joining us today as we share the good news of Jesus in this uncertain world. If you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, please reach out to me at thetruthmustbetold93 at gmail.com. Now, if you've missed any episodes, you can go to anchor.fm and look for me, Sal Passos. While you're there, hit the support button and help this podcast to continue. For those of you on YouTube, don't forget to hit the thumbs up button and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of these exciting shows. Thank you once again for your support, and I'll be seeing you soon on The Truth Must Be Told. What do you know about biblical prophecy? Did you know that the Antichrist will desecrate the temple in Jerusalem in the middle of the Great Tribulation and demand that he is worshipped as God? Well, we'll discuss it today on The Truth Must Be Told, so stand by. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It'd be a nice change of pace. When in doubt, tell the truth. Edward, I tried to tell the truth, and they kicked me off the air. You can't handle the truth! And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts, here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. All right, all right. Welcome to Saturday. The uh, what are we at here? The nineteenth of February. February is just skipping on by, and we're excited to be here with you today on the Truth Must Be Told, where we tell the truth no matter how much it hurts. I hope you all are doing well. I'm doing better this week. Thank you for your prayers, and for those of you who have uh, come out and said, uh, you know, you're praying for us and the loss of our dog and everything. We do appreciate that. I know that there are more important things, and we have loved ones who have passed away. I have a friend of mine who's, uh, who's, uh, whose aunt passed away, and uh, we do send our condolences and our prayers uh, to him uh, during this time. And uh, it is a, um, it is a difficult, uh, difficult thing to go through when we lose a loved one. And, uh, you know, I've gone through, see, May of this year coming up, my mother will have been gone for uh, uh, two years now. And my dad passed away in 1999 in uh, January. We just uh, were thinking about that the other day. And, uh, you know, I miss my dad. I miss my mom. And, uh, you know, these are things that uh, that we go through. However, you know, we... Uh, I was uh, thinking about this just now, and this was not in my notes, so just bear with me here. But, uh, you know, you know, here's the thing. Uh, if we are believers in Jesus Christ, uh, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and, you know, you know, like uh, the Bible says here, and, and in fact, it's, it, it, it bears into what we're going to be talking about today. But it, uh, in uh, first, first Thessalonians chapter 4, Chapter uh, starting at verse thirteen, um, when he's talking about the return of the Lord, Paul says here that brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep, or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. So you know, I mean, that's the thing. I have seen, I have been to so many funerals, and how many people grieve because they do not have hope that they're that they'll never see their loved one again. <coughs> Excuse me. Yet as Christians, we know. That that person is 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 not in the fires of hell. That person is in the presence of the Lord Almighty, and that is an exciting time. We need to be excited about that. Uh, it, that's why a lot of churches they call funerals homecomings. 
you know, there's it, it because that person has gone home to be with Jesus. And there isn't anything more exciting than that. Um, you know, in fact, uh, Ecclesiastes, when I was reading in a... Um, when I was reading in Ecclesiastes, uh, let's see, where was it? Was it too that he said here, you know, with all the frustration and stuff that uh, that uh, that we go through in life, that um, and I declared that the dead who had already died are happier than the living who are still alive. Okay, uh, you know, I mean, I declared that the dead who had already died are happier than those of the living. You know, for those of us who die in the Lord, we don't have any more, uh, there's no more pressure, there's no more pain, there's no more sorrow. That person is in the presence of Jesus, and there's no more, absolute, and, and we know that. The, body tell, the Bible tells us, absent with the body, present with the Lord. There's no in-between, there's no time of sleep, there's nothing like that. There's no, um, there's no uh, uh, coming back from the dead, when you know, to to visit our loved ones. That's all demonic stuff. We, we, we have to hold on to the hope that Jesus told us is that, that he prepared a place for us and that when we die, we go to be in the presence of God. That's just so, that's spectacular. The Bible tells us that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. We need to hold on to that. So as Christians, yeah, we're saddened, and it's and it's uh, you know it's it's a tough time and all. I I, I agree, and it's such a, a grievous time for people to go through. But wow, the benefits of of that person you 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 go to sleep in this world and you wake up in the next. I mean, it's just you you're you're you know Jesus talked about it. He talked about it with the rich man and Lazarus. This isn't in my notes. I'm the. I'm just. This is just going where I gotta go. The the Jesus suddenly the rich man and Lazarus. Jesus told us that story, that this rich man when he died he went to hell. When Lazarus died, he was taken by the angels to Abraham's bosom to a place of comfort. And um, but the rich man died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, lifted up his eyes, being in torments. Wow, there's some really significant things about that we have to remember. God is not going to, though for those who love God, for those who look forward to his coming, he, he has, oh, wow. I mean, things are just in place for us to be in such joy and in such comfort. And, and, I, and I would just encourage you as Christians to keep that in mind. What, what Paul said there in First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, don't grieve like men who have no hope. We have a hope. That hope is Jesus Christ who paid the price for us to enter into heaven with him. And that is exciting, exciting news. There is nothing more exciting than for a Christian who, who passes away and goes on to be with the Lord. You know, think about it. I mean, for those of you, and I know a lot of you, a lot of you are like myself. We're in pain. We're in agony. We have things that are wrong with our bodies. As we get older, our bodies tend to fall apart. 
All right, it, it it your knees stop working, your back start starts hurting. You can't do as much as you did when you were twenty years old. And yet here we are, we 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 leave this mortal coil, and we go to be with Jesus Christ, and that's all. It's done. It's done, and there's no more pain. There's no more sorrow, no more back aches, no more lazy eye like I have. Our teeth are all going to be perfect. Be no more aches, no more pains. I, I, you know, and no more tears, no more sorrows. He's going to wipe the tears from our eyes. It's it's all going to be done. There's nothing that's going to hinder us in that in that time. And we're going to have a lot of things revealed to us. We'll know certain things. We're not going to be omniscient like God is, but. Things are all of a sudden, I believe, will line up. Oh, that's why that is. That's what this is. That's why that happened. We'll all of a sudden, we'll know, we'll have that knowledge. And there'll be no more fear, uh, no more tears. It's, it's all going to be gone. It's all going to be gone. So I would just encourage you as Christians, be encouraged. If a loved one of yours dies, goes on to be with Jesus, then rejoice. Rejoice because that person is in the presence of Jesus and is rejoicing with, with Christ right now and meeting up with others. I can't wait to get to heaven. I want to see Jesus. I want to talk to a lot of people. <laughs> I want to talk to Peter. I want to talk to, I really want to talk to Peter. I want to talk to Peter. You know what I want to talk to? Uh, I, I'd like to. I, I can't wait to to to, to talk to like uh, um, uh, um, uh, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Balaam. You know, Balaam repented of his sin and everything. And you know, here's a guy who. What was it like when the donkey talked to you, Balaam? You know, what was it like? You know, I mean, there's so many questions I have, and I can't wait till they're till I'm in heaven and I get to get those questions answered. That's going to be exciting. That's an exciting time. Wow, just so, just so good. All right. Um, anyway, so today, <clears throat> excuse me. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the third temple and the arrival of the Antichrist. And you know, I, I, I. Uh, Episode number 148, we're talking about the third temple and the arrival of the Antichrist. And what is so significant about this third temple? Uh, well, remember, there were two temples that we, we learned about through Jewish history. And the second one, uh, which was around when Jesus was, was, was there, um, that was destroyed in 70 AD. And since that time, the Jews have not had a temple, a place where they can rightly worship the Lord. Remember, the Jewish religion um, was it was based on sacrifices and that they would have to sacrifice goats and bulls and doves and all these things for the covering of their sin. Now, they did not recognize that Jesus was the Messiah when he was on earth. So for the Jews who don't acknowledge Christ, that Jesus was the Christ, they are still looking forward to the Messiah. They haven't realized that he has come. 
they didn't realize that John the Baptist was the forerunner of Elijah, which they said who was going to come before the coming of the Messiah. They didn't recognize him. In fact, I still believe during the uh, Jewish Seder meal, the, or the yeah, the Passover meal, that they have a empty chair for Elijah at the seat, at the table. And they don't realize that he's already come. Um, so they are still looking forward to that. And since they became a nation back in 1948, they have been anxious to rebuild this temple. Um, now, this actual temple, this third temple that's going to be rebuilt, uh, we can call this uh, the, the Temple of the Antichrist. We can call it the Temple of the um, uh, the, the Temple of the Beast. There's all kinds of things we can call it, but to, and but uh, you know it goes back to Daniel nine twenty seven says this. He the Beast will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to the sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Daniel 9.27. So, all right, so let's, let's recap. In 70 AD, the temple was destroyed. They've long been awaiting. 1948, and they came around, they wanted to rebuild the temple. There's much talk about that today, that they want to rebuild the temple. It's, it's, it's accelerating like crazy. And I'm going to cover a few of it in a little bit. But the uh, the middle of the seven is talking about here is they're talking about the 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 uh, seventy weeks of Daniel. Uh, Sixty nine weeks have come up to this point, and now the seventieth week, this one seven that he's talking about, this is a week of seven years. Um, there would be, um, he says he'll confirm the covenant. Now, once he confirms the covenant, that starts the great tribulation, and. Um, in the middle of the Great Tribulation, in the middle of that seven, three and a half years, he's going to demand that he get he be worshipped. Now, um, but in order for this to happen, there has to be a temple in Jerusalem to fulfill the prophecy. Okay? This is the whole point of what I'm trying to bring out to you today. There has to be a temple built in Jerusalem to fulfill this prophecy. Now, there's a problem. The temple's location is at the Dome of the Rock, which now belongs to the Muslims, and they will not give it up. In fact, I believe it was during the Seven-Day War, the Six-Day War, rather, that um, Israel, with concession, gave them the Dome of the Rock in, in Israel. So, uh, so right now, it belongs to the Muslims. But here's, an, here's some interesting facts. There's a sect of, in, of the Muslim community that is working with Jewish rabbis to build a universal temple. They will keep the Dome of the Rock where it is, and they're saying that there's enough room for the three Abrahamic religions to share the area and make a place for all to come and worship. Now, what are the Abrahamic religions? Well, obviously it's Jewish, Judaism. Uh, Muslim, and Christianity. Now, when they talk about Christianity, they're really not, 
they're not really dealing with mainline Christianity because they're working with the Pope. You know, who's he? I don't think that he is the false prophet, but man, he is bucking for the job. Uh, but there are a lot of things that are falling into place. All right, the Jewish people are ready for this. Muslims are a little nervous and they're fearful about this, but we have Jewish leaders, non Jewish leaders, there are organizations, they are already, the plans are already in place. The finances are there. The red heifer is ready, believe it or not. They, they've reestablished the Sanhedrin Council. And there will be a place for the Sanhedrin in this temple. The priesthood is ready. They're reenact, reenacting the priesthood. They're, they, they are looking for, apparently they have found people, I think they call it the Kohan gene, is the the is the, like the last known Levite that was around, and they're asking people who believe that they're of that line to to come, and the, these these men are coming and they're being trained as priests. Once again, uh, the temple articles are ready, and and the miscellaneous articles <clears throat> are ready to go. I'm going to be covering that in a little bit. <clears throat> the interesting thing is the Jews are certain that the building of the temple will hasten the arrival of the Messiah. It will bring, they believe it will bring peace to all mankind. And believe me, they are, they are so anxious to start their animal sacrifices again. Um, they hope that their, their, their hope is the goal in dreams is to better the world by putting up this temple. Now, what's going to happen? All right, so let's let's uh, let's take a look at this real quick. Now, again, um, as I said to you, all right, this temple is going to be the uh, it's going to indicate the arrival. Oh well, the third temple has to be there, and the Antichrist is going to be there. Uh, has to be because this is the it, it's clearly seen in Scripture, and there's no other option around this. Now, the Antichrist is going to be a, a deal deal maker. Now, how is he going to seal a deal with the Jews that they're going to be able to build at this location? Remember, right now, the Jews are not in a good state spiritually. All right, they are they're looking forward to rebuilding the temple. They, uh, and, and they will not be able to recognize this Antichrist until it is too late. And again, I said, I'll reiterate what I said again. The covenant with the Jews starts the Great Tribulation. Now, um... There is, um, 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 let me just, I'm trying to get my thoughts here because I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm going to, so here's, here's the order of events. All right. There will be a time, uh, and I talk about it constantly where the rapture of the church will take place. The church itself will be taken off the earth because the church age will have ended. Boom. It's done. Uh, the last person that's going to get saved is going to get saved, and who knows who that may be? We don't know. But that whoever that whatever that whenever that happens, boom, the church is going to vanish off the face of the earth in a split second. Our bodies will be changed. We'll, we'll, the, if we're alive and remaining until his return, we will put on our our our, our uh, immortal immortal body, incorruptible. 
the spirits of people who have died before will come back with Jesus when he comes in the clouds and they'll be reunited with their body. This is the graves will, will, will open up. The dead in Christ will rise first. Their bodies will put on from corruption. They'll put on incorruption. Our bodies that are mortal will put on immortality and we're going to, in a splash of a second, the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be taken up to beat the Lord in the clouds and we'll be forever with the Lord. That's done. The church is gone. So now starts, um, now the church is, is out of here. And from what we see in Scripture, now the seven-year tribulation is going to be God's dealing with the Jews to bring them to salvation. Now, this is not going to be a pleasant time, and I don't know if it's going to happen the second after the, the rapture takes place. There may be a, 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 a time lag between it. I don't know. A lot of biblical scholars that I have been researching have agreed with this, that there is a, um, they don't agree with me, but I'm just saying they agree that there is a time lapse. Could be a year, could be two years, five years, we don't know. But there will be a time lapse between the time that the church vanishes and the Antichrist comes into power. Now, once Israel... Um, Claims that, um, claims that, um, um, covenant with the Antichrist, whoever he may be, that will issue in the start of the Great Tribulation. That's when everything starts. All right. And, um, but they are very, very close. Now, now, uh, I'm going to play you a clip. I have some clips of some rabbis. That are talking about uh, talking about the return of the uh, the return of the third temple, and here's the first one. This is Rabbi Vices, I believe is his name. Just hold on and just listen to this. Hold on. After the second temple was destroyed, the Jewish people were scattered and were exiled all over the world, all over the four corners of the globe, and didn't have the chance to build the temple. However, nowadays we're back, we're back in the land of Israel. And so many said that since we are here, we have to, we have to immediately build the Beit HaMikdash. It's, we have the opportunity to do so. And so in fact today, many Jewish people are actively preparing the utensils. We are building a menorah, we're building the altar, we are training all of the priests to learn to do the services in order to build the temple. Others feel that our generation is just not worthy. The political climate is not there. It's way too volatile. And that we should just be praying for the Messiah to come and that he will lead the generation to build the temple. So when will the third temple be built? I can't give you an exact answer, but I do know that many of us are praying every day Many of us are actively preparing, and we are all eagerly awaiting the day that the Beit HaMikdash, the third temple, will become a house of prayer for all nations right in the center of Jerusalem. Okay, so they are, they are gearing up. All right, now I'm told that once they get the go-ahead to um, build this temple, they could build it within a year. It'll be totally erected within a year. Now, the other day, I heard uh, somebody was talking about, um, I was on a show, and somebody was talking about the 
um, the Ark of the Covenant. Now, they don't know, people say, well, they don't know where it is, and people are searching, well, they think it's in Ethiopia. That's ridiculous, it's not there. Um, I, I could tell you this, and it's, it is confirmed, that um, they know where it's kept, and they will go and obtain, excuse me, when they're ready to build the temple, they're going to go and retrieve it so that the Ark of the Covenant will be put back in its place because they are duplicating everything. They're replicating the articles of the temple. Sorry if you hear that. That's my neighbor. He's got a loud engine. Um, there is a duplication of the uh, temple. Um, they're doing everything there, the, the articles in the temple, the, but they're not duplicating the Ark. And the reason they're not duplicating it is because they know where it is. And when the time comes, they are going to go and retrieve it. And uh, they're, they're, they're really doing everything they can to get everything ready for this, um, this temple that's going to be built. The Temple Institute is a big part of it. And listen to this uh, other rabbi talking about the different things of the temple. For almost 30 years, the Temple Institute has been accomplishing the impossible. We created a menorah of solid gold for the Holy Temple. Everyone thought it couldn't be done. After 10 years of research, we created the breastplate of the high priest. Everyone thought it was impossible. For the first time in 2,000 years, we produced pure olive oil for the menorah. Over 60 vessels have been restored by the Temple Institute. Everyone thought it couldn't be done. All of these things, everyone told us it's impossible. And now we are restoring the commandments of the red heifer, which everyone thought was impossible. But all of the commandments of the Torah are possible and doable. Thank you for being part of the holy work of the Temple Institute. For 2,000 years, we've been waiting for a perfect red heifer, a paraduma. You know, people think that finding a real red heifer is impossible. But the truth is, there are thousands of red cows throughout the world. Go to Google and search for images of red cows and you'll see red Angus in America, you'll see Shetland in the Scottish Highlands, and you'll see red cattle in Norfolk Island, just to mention a few. There are many red cows throughout the world and the challenge is not to find a particular red cow. The challenge is to raise a perfect red heifer according to the exact biblical requirements here in the land of Israel. Well, it's time to stop waiting and start doing. The Temple Institute has embarked upon an unprecedented historical project to raise a herd of red cows here in the land of Israel. After decades of intensive study and research, the Institute has partnered with an Israeli cattleman and, using state-of-the-art technique and under strict rabbinical supervision, we're going to raise a herd of red cows here in Israel. We're going to select a proper candidate from this herd for the fulfillment of the biblical requirements of the commandments of the red heifer. Make no mistake, this project is nothing less than the first stage of the reintroduction of biblical purity into the world, the prerequisite for the rebuilding of the Holy Temple. Interesting, isn't it? They are gathering everything together and preparing everything to fulfill 
And he said biblical prophecy. Interesting. I found it interesting that a Jew will use that word, biblical, because, uh, well, you know the obvious reason. But don't you think it's interesting? I think it's fascinating. These things are falling into place. They're anxious. There's even a uh, temple coin that was minted. And I forgot to, to put the picture up in, the, in here. But wow, the temple coin with actually has an imprint of Cyrus, who helped build the first temple, made the way for that to happen. And guess who else is on there? Donald Trump. He was such a friend to Israel, and they really believed that he would make the way for the temple to be built again. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying in any way that Donald Trump is the Antichrist. I am not saying that. And we should not, as Christians, be looking to identify this man because we won't be able to identify him. I'm going to talk about that after we come back from the break. We won't be able to identify um, the Antichrist. His, his, uh, his uh, identity has been hidden. And there are many Antichrists that have come into the world, but, uh, you know, they, they're not the Antichrist that everybody's been talking about. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take a break, and uh, we will be right back, and we'll, uh, we'll continue this. Hope. Wow, I just really think that is <laughs> very, very exciting. All right, before I continue, uh, just a word here. I just want to remind you again that uh, my friend Ron Spataro wrote a book called Music, The Divine Connection or Divine Deception. Ron uh, has been involved in the uh, music field for many, many years. Uh, he uh, is also a born-again Christian who... Uh, really is a little upset about what's going on with the uh, with the world and the in the in the uh, in the Christian realm, and how our worship is. And this book is written specifically for worshipers and pastors. So that's everybody. All right. Now you need to read this book. It's very short, but you can go to www.weworshipthekeng.com. There is a link there to take you to the uh, to to purchase the book. Go right ahead and and order it. And uh, you will have um, uh, in your hands a very powerful tool. And Ron is, uh, I have it on good authority that Ron is looking at doing a second book that's a little bit more on the technical side that deals with the frequency ranges and things like that. So again, go to weworshipthekeng.com. And I put the link in the description of this podcast for you. So you can just click on that link. It'll take you right to this place and go ahead and, and order that book. And uh, you'll, uh, you will be blessed. You will be blessed, I'm telling you. Uh, you may be shocked as well, but you will be blessed. All right, so getting back to what's going on. 
Uh, now, I told you that uh, we won't know who the Antichrist is, and I wasn't saying that uh, Donald Trump was the Antichrist. There is no, there's uh, no, no way I was trying to um, portray that at all. So don't, don't even think about that. Uh, all I'm saying is that they were, <coughs> excuse me, they were uh, so um, moved by Donald Trump, Donald Trump's. Um, efforts to bring Israel into a right place, they feel he's uh, going to be like King Cyrus who wanted the um, temple rebuilt. So uh, here, you know, this is, uh, look it up through history and, and in your Bible, you'll find it. Uh, so we've got, uh, uh, so they, they put his head on, his picture on a coin, his image on a coin, which I thought is very interesting. Um, but now, In 2 Thessalonians, there's this, uh, Paul goes on and talks to the Thessalonians regarding um, the, the Antichrist himself. And now it says, concerning, this is starting chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him. So we talk about the rapture here. We ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter supposed to have come from us, saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember, remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things, and now you know what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who holds it back will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless, lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance to the work with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders." and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so, be, and, and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed in the truth but have delighted in wickedness. All right, so laying this out, he's telling us here that... Um, that this man of lawlessness, this Antichrist, is not going to be revealed until the one who um, who holds it back is taken out of the way. He'd be taken out of the way. And who's he? He is the Holy Spirit. Now, don't get this wrong. The Holy Spirit is not going to be removed from the earth. Um, that would be limiting God. But the Holy Spirit's influence will be removed. And the church and the believers that he dwells in will be removed. This is going to be all in one shot. And so when the rapture takes place, it will set the stage for the Antichrist to be revealed. And um, when he comes onto the scene, he's going to have the power of Satan. He's going to, have, he's going to be able to do uh, counterfeit miracles, um, signs and wonders, and 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 he was and he's going to deceive a lot of people, and God is going to allow those people to be deceived. 
all right, because they ignored the truth. So those who are left, all right, a lot of them are going to be deceived. People will be deceived. Um, they're perishing, and now because they ignored the gospel call, the Jews have ignored recognizing that Jesus is the Messiah. So God's going to bring them under a delusion. Now, why would he do that? He does that because, there, you know, I, I don't know why God does things sometimes. But he's going to bring them under a delusion so they don't see that he is, he, the Antichrist, is the Antichrist. They're going to be deceived to believe that. And uh, we, as Christians, um, we're, we shouldn't be, we're not going to be deceived. There's just no way we're going to be deceived. Because one, we're going to be gone. All right, we're not going to be here when the Antichrist comes on the scene. But for those of those who God has sealed and recognized, those, those who are going to be saved during the Great Tribulation, because the Holy Spirit is still going to be here. His influence on people is going to stop. All right? He's going to, his, his, his holding back, his power that he's using to hold back the, the, the uh, lawlessness is going to be removed. What, look at where we're at now in society. Would you look? We've got crime rampant all over the place. Cries for defunding the police department. All of these things are out there. And man, oh man, there's just so much evil going on in the world. And, you know, we're seeing parents killing their children, children killing their parents, children killing one another. Abortion is, is, is rampant. We've got all of these things happening. And yet, you know, how much worse is it going to be when the Holy Spirit and the church's influence is gone? It's going to be really, really bad. You think, read through the book of Revelation, you will see the evil that is going to be unleashed on this earth. Now, people will be getting saved during the Great Tribulation. A lot of people who we have witnessed to as Christians, I hope that none of you that are watching me right now will be left behind. I hope you make a decision to um, accept Jesus Christ. But if you don't, and you're thinking about what I'm telling you right now, you may be able to be saved during that Great Tribulation period. It'll be difficult for you. It's not going to be easy because if you can't live for Christ now when there's no persecution, what are you going to do when you're persecuted for being for Christ, threatened for your head to be taken off? So it's going to be a lot more difficult for people during the Great Tribulation period. But I'm saying all of this to, to tell you, all right, in the fact that Right now in today's society, we have the technology for the mark of the beast. It's here. All right? We have AI. We have the ability of computers to track us through these silly things. We can be tracked. They'll, they know where we are. They can listen to us. This is not conspiracy theory, folks. This stuff is happening today. And you're going to be taken from... Uh, um, uh, in a society where AI is very, very simply going to, they'll put a mark on your right hand or your forehead. 
And there's lots of stories out there right now of people that are getting marks and they're getting imprinted uh, with, with some kind of a, a chip, computer chip, or some kind of way they could be scanned. And uh, right now, the, the, the thing with the, uh, the OVID-K axine vey uh, and what they're pushing for that and saying that uh, everybody has to have this thing I don't believe that this thing is the mark of the beast, but I think this thing is setting people up to accept the mark of the beast. I think it's a run test to see how people are going to readily accept and what they have to do. So now they want to put a uh, an uh, Ovid K uh, tracking device on your phone to let you know if you're around anybody that has been known uh, to have this thing. I'm trying to watch what I say here because I don't want to be censored off of uh, social media. Oh, by the way, if I do, if uh, you do see that you go into YouTube and I'm not there, you can go to yubnub.social, the Truth Must Be Told podcast. Go to yubnub, it's a funny name, .social, but it's uh, very similar to Facebook, but the they don't censor you. So you could say pretty much what you want on there. But I do post my videos on there, so you can see that as well from there. Um, but yeah, because I don't want to be censored and saying things that I'm not supposed to. Because right now they are... Did you hear? All right, this is how bad the world is getting. Lori told me this morning, and I, I just really... I, I was surprised, but not surprised. You know what I mean? You get something when you when you hear something in the news and you're surprised, but not surprised. But I heard that now if you want to, if, if a movie company wants to uh, be in line to be able to, to get a, an, a, 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 an award, an Oscar for Best Picture, they have to include somebody from the LGBTQA2 community. This is the way it is. You remember when... Being gay was a thing you'd kept in the closet. Then people started coming out of the closet and was slowly being accepted. Do you remember when you when people used to joke about other people, not in a rash way, but in a funny way? You know. Now the political correctness has gone out of control. Now the people have become woke, and being in that state, you can. You don't want anything to say, anybody to say anything bad about you or about anybody else. <clears throat> Yet this is what the world is coming to. We're coming to this place. And wow, man, wow, it's getting way out of hand. We're coming to that point in scripture where we see that good is called evil. Evil is called good. We see this. Wars and rumors of wars. Hello, have you been paying attention to what's happening in Ukraine? I've been watching the news this morning. They're firing rockets and stuff. Not rockets, but they're firing ordinances into Ukraine right now. What's going on? We've heard, I heard a, another massive earthquake just hit someplace. I just recently, I can't remember where. I think it was Japan. But also, I just read yesterday, uh, that, uh, read that yesterday... Um, the, uh, the volcano, was it Etna? 
over in uh, Sicily is beginning to erupt. There's, we're, we're beginning to see these birth pains are getting worse and worse and worse. Now, I don't know if we'll be raptured out before any major birth, birth pains begin to take place. I don't know. I know we'll be raptured out before the Great Tribulation. But I don't know if we're going to be raptured out during any of the major birth pains. We don't know what's going to happen, and we need to be prepared. Christians, we need to be prepared spiritually, we need to be prepared emotionally, and we need to be prepared physically. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and stock your house with food. That's not what I'm saying. We should be prepared for some sort of emergencies. And hopefully by the next podcast, we'll have, um, I'll have somebody who um, I'm, I'm uh, going to tell you about that will be able to help prepare you for that in, in one area. But it, it, in, in, in light of what's happening in today's world, we need to be prepared for things. You should consider. I mean, even Jesus told his disciples, sell your cloaks and buy swords. You, there's going to be a time when you're going to need to protect yourself and your loved ones and your family. It's not a pleasant thought. Nobody likes that idea. But we have to be prepared. Now, we also have to tell other people, we are set as watchmen on the walls. Do you realize that? That we have the truth. We know the truth in our hearts. And just being friends with everyone, oh, we're just friends, and they're going to ask us about Jesus. When are they going to ask you? Is your life showing people about Christ? Are you so religious that you're not doing any earthly good? You're so heavenly-minded that you're doing no earthly good? I was watching... Um, I rewatched a movie called Inherit the Wind uh, with Spencer Tracy and Frederick March. Let me tell you something. You want to see craziness. Uh, a, 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 a teacher was arrested for teaching evolution in his school to his students, and he was arrested, and the religious people of the town, because he violated this law that they're not supposed to teach anything but the Bible in the schools, um, they went nuts and they were, you know, saying they're going to hang him. They're going to do this. Where's your love, Christian? Where's your, where's your forgiveness? We could be upset about something that's happening, but let's not raise it to violent standards. And yet these movies, uh, that, that was a good one too. And the, uh, the, um, how green was my Valley was another one where they showed these religious hypocrites, you know, wanting to pass judgment on somebody. And this poor girl got pregnant outside of wedlock. Now talk about that being verboten in that age, because this was like the early 1900s or the late 1800s. But can you, can you imagine the, the, they're saying, you've got the sin, you've got to take the penalty for your sin. You know, and, and you know, one of the people stands up and says, where would Jesus said, go and sin no more? Where's the forgiveness? Remember, Christ died on a cross for our sins, and we need to not be so heavenly-minded that we're doing no earthly good. We need to remember that there are people out there who are not saved, and they need to hear the gospel. So do everything you can to be able to tell people about Christ. No one likes confrontations. No one likes getting up there and saying things. But, hey, perhaps if you just look at something from a... Um, 
look at something from taking an easy look at things and show people that they're in violation of God's law. It's very, very simple. It's very, very simple. Um, let me, I wasn't planning on doing this, but let me play this. If you'll just bear with me one moment. I'm going to locate this for a second here. Um, and what I'm going to play is from Billy, um, Billy Crone. And um, do have his permission to do this. He said we can re record well, hi, this. this. is so Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries. And I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying, okay? How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand, okay? Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are, and we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I'm a thief, I'm a blasphemer, I'm an adulterer, I'm a murderer. And the scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step, to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. 
That, that's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. You, the, the word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And, and we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judge has said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what he was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave, and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly, and please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. And that was uh, Get a Life Media. Let me put this up here. So in case, uh, well, it just it just ended. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that's getalifemedia.com if you're interested in any of Billy Crone's uh, material. He is a phenomenal Bible teacher. Uh, getalifemedia.com, and you could check out all the videos there. He even has an app. There's a Get a Life Media app that you can go to. Uh, I suggest that you you go there and check things out. Um, but if you want to accept Christ, like Billy said, now here this was a good way of presenting Jesus. You talk about the Ten Commandments, and he pre pre presented five of them to you. You know, if you got you've got to 
understand that, you know, you violated just one of them. Okay, the Bible says if you violate one area of the law, you're guilty of violating it all. So your way to heaven, the way to get forgiven for all of that is by asking Jesus to come into your life and to be your personal Savior. So I would encourage you with all that I have in me to, um, you know, accept Jesus as your Lord, as your Lord and Savior. You, 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 the time is coming, and, and you know, give give him give him your life right now. Don't hesitate. And if you have any further questions, you can reach me at the Truth Must Be Told ninety three at gmail dot com. That's the Truth Must Be Told ninety three at gmail dot com. You could reach me there. Uh, if you'd rather have somebody you feel is more spiritual and any, then go to getalifemedia dot com and check out Billy Crone's stuff. But uh, I'm only one person here, so I'll be able to uh, get back to you and be able to answer any of your questions. Uh, In the meantime, I would just say, don't hesitate. The Lord is coming soon. There is uh, a time when the Lord's coming, and and, and it's going to be very, very quick. He's going to come, and soon we're going to be taken away, and I really would like you to be there with us. But regardless of whether that happens soon or you die in your sin, that would be bad. But if you die with Jesus, as I said at the beginning of this program, you go to be with him eternally. And that's something to be excited about. To know that you have eternal life with the Savior. You're not going to a place of torment where Jesus said their worm dies not and their fire is not quenched. Can you imagine being burned forever and forever and forever? I get one little burn on my finger, I'm in agony. I can imagine a burn throughout my whole body, let alone that happening forever and forever and forever. You'll be cast into the lake of fire, and, 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 and which was prepared for the devil and his angels, Jesus told us. It wasn't meant for humans. But don't miss out on this opportunity. Don't miss out what God is saying to you now. Christian, if you're not right, if you're not sure you're a Christian, you better be sure. And for those of you who are not saved, you know, just accept the Lord now. My prayer was, God, I give up. That's all I said. I would encourage you to surrender your life to Christ. Don't worry about everything else. You don't have to get cleaned up before you take a bath. Jesus, God, uh, the Bible tells us that. God demonstrates his love towards us, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We don't have to be righteous to come to God. Your own righteousness is a filthy rags, the Bible says. Everything that you do that you think is righteous is like a filthy rag to God. And that's a woman's menstrual pad. So it's kind of nasty. God doesn't want you to... Your own righteousness is a stench before God. Come to Christ today. Again, if you have any questions, you reach me at the truth must be told 93 at gmail.com, and I will get back to you. God bless you. We'll see you next time on The Truth Must Be Told. <laughs>